We're bringing you more conversations from our Investing Experts podcast, abridged conversations from our most recent episodes. Hello, everybody. This is Kirk Spano with Seeking Alpha. And today I'll be interviewing uh, Julian Lin, analyst and founder of Best of Breed Growth Stocks. We're going to focus on mega cap tech, which just went through a bunch of earnings. Why don't we start with Microsoft? I know it's not your super favorite stock, so let's go there first. Tell me, what are you seeing with Microsoft? I have some some thoughts about the AI hype. Uh, what are you seeing with Microsoft? What do you think about the share price? I, I think that most of us probably know that it's a fortress company, but you know, investing is about getting good value for what you're buying. So why don't you tell me, what are you seeing with Microsoft in this cycle? Yes. So Microsoft, in my most recent report, I, I gave it a buy rating, but I also cautioned that it's mostly a buyable rating, especially compared with some of the mega cap tech tiers that I greatly prefer more than Microsoft on valuation. Uh, in regards to Microsoft, it's, yeah. So I, as you mentioned, it's being viewed as a fortress company and that's definitely driving the valuation. I'll discuss my views on that in a moment. I think the results, uh, Heading into the quarter, I expected that the results will show some macro impact, but I don't. I didn't think Wall Street would care too much, just because at this point it's becoming clear that the stock is being driven by this hype around AI, uh, potential for Bing search to become more popular. It really didn't matter so much, you know, what they reported. Just, I mean, for starters, the stock wasn't necessarily in a bubble like a meme stock valuation. It was around thirty times earnings. Not cheap, but you know it's it's fitting this narrative of being driven by AI and hype for Bing. In uh, the quarter, they did show some strong Azure growth, but it did seem that some of that growth was funded because they gave some money to OpenAI. But of, but of course, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I think in regards to my personal view of the outlook for the company, I think whereas Wall Street is viewing Microsoft as being a safe haven in tech. I view things differently. I think Wall Street's been very quick to reward Microsoft with a premium valuation relative to Google, Facebook, or any other enterprise tech company. The narrative might be that Microsoft is more insulated from regulatory intervention, which might be true. But more importantly, there's there's the sentiment among Wall Street that Microsoft has maybe a best of breed enterprise tech portfolio, or they have like they're safer. They're not going to be disrupted. If anything. Wall Street seems to think that Microsoft will disrupt all these smaller operators. There's this idea that because Microsoft is this big mega cap tech titan, they could just throw money at any product and they will have a superior product offering to you know anything else. Take, for example, Zoom, right? We're recording this on a Zoom. Zoom stock is trading um, much lower than pre-pandemic uh, levels or even pre-pandemic levels, largely in part because Wall Street views Zooms as maybe being disruptable by Microsoft Teams that's their offering. But if you are actually looking and following that tech sector closely, you'll see that the narrative is actually not, maybe not so true. For example, even with just video conferencing, Microsoft Teams, it's not quite a comparable offering to Zoom. Uh, whereas Zoom is very, it's just a much more robust offering. Microsoft Teams leaves a lot to be desired, even in cybersecurity, where Microsoft has a press presence with Microsoft Defender and an endpoint protection. Microsoft is losing it's not really competitive with the likes of a CrowdStrike or Sentinel-1. It's it's quite well known if you're looking for security, if you're in the sector that Microsoft is not really defending 
are not really offering good protection. So there, there's this mismatch of the narrative that Microsoft is much more superior than other smaller tech plays, and thus it deserves this premium 30 times earnings multiple, even though earnings uh, revenue growth probably slows to the mid single digit rate, you know, over coming years. So, I mean, this, this 30 times earnings multiple is pricing Microsoft like a consumer staple stock quite clearly, you know, something that's very consistent, should be able to just grow forever while it takes market share. But there is the risk that at some point the Wall Street realizes that uh, their fortress is not as strong as it seems. You really brought up a couple things I want to go back to. I think we're going to merge it into a discussion with the other two big cloud players, which are Google and uh, Amazon. But you mentioned uh, the valuation, and I'm a Peter Lynch guy, so I like peg ratio, forward-looking peg ratio. And you know, at a PE of 30, but a growth rate of say around 10, you've got a peg ratio of about three, which is really high. You know, Peter Lynch always talked about you want a peg ratio between one and two. Uh, Small caps, you can often get for around one. Sometimes you get them under one because people just don't recognize what they're looking at. Uh, But, you know, your large caps will get a bit of a premium valuation. So so maybe it'll be close to two and you can still call it fair value. So I, I think you're spot on that Microsoft might be getting overvalued. We took a look at Microsoft on that last decline because we were wondering if the AI hype would give it kind of a V-shaped recovery, kind of one of those parabolic rebounds. And that's what's going on, especially the other day, what did it go up? $15 a share. So, you know, we're taking a look at the chart and that's the fourth leg in our process. We look at secular trends and then government and central bank policy, then the fundamentals of an industry and the companies involved. Then finally, we use tech and quant analysis. So I'm a quant and my partner is a Elliott Wave and Harmonix tech analyst. So we, we take a look at all of this and we take a look at the chart on Microsoft right now. And as, a, as an author, you'll understand what I'm about to say. If I go out and say that I think Microsoft is overvalued and it can correct 20 or 30%, I mean, I'm gonna get beat up with trolls, with great big keyboard billy clubs, right? Yeah. <laughs> so with Microsoft, I think I'm on board with you. I think that it's getting to a point and tell me if you think I'm right, uh, or at least it's something to be concerned about. I think it's getting back to a point where it's approaching its all-time high. And if it doesn't break out from there, uh, which would be unusual on a parabolic move, uh, then I think that you have a pretty significant bleed down on Microsoft that could occur, especially relative to some of these other big tech stocks, which, you know, there's seven companies that kind of drive the entire S&P 500. Uh, I guess you throw in Salesforce, there's maybe eight or nine, but you know, you take a look at the giant companies and I don't know, I think Microsoft might be kind of priced for perfection. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's that's a definitely a reasonable assessment that I could agree with. I think maybe investors should be wondering why is Microsoft kind of behaving a little bit like a meme stock, right? It's definitely trading sort of like with this narrative investing that got so many tech investors in trouble, you know, before this crash. Uh, I think Another question to ask is why is Microsoft management seem to be kind of pumping AI so hard, um, given that it's kind of a small, very small, not really significant component yet. Uh, Of course, it's possible that, you know, Bing becomes much more successful, but at the same time, Microsoft, it must bear repeating, Microsoft is already a very big, big company. So, I mean, 
it's hard to move the needle. It's hard to move the needle, right? It's 30 times earnings just to give an idea, right? If you, if you're talking about Microsoft at 30 times earnings, Google at 20 times earnings and Google, and and I'm sure we'll discuss Google in a moment. uh, Google it's the valuation should be, it's actually even cheaper than 20 times earnings just to do some loss generating businesses with Microsoft. I mean, just, they could grow their earnings by 30% and assuming Google doesn't do anything, you know, it's the same valuation, but there's an important distinction I think tech investors must understand with Microsoft and other tech companies in that I, I'm of the view that Microsoft's margins are quite tapped out, meaning that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure many have seen all of the layoffs happening in the tech sector, which quite unusually, right, you're, you're seeing all these tech companies do a very large amounts of layoffs with seemingly minimal impact to their growth rates. Yes, it, it's quite true that in the tech sector, these companies, they're kind of over-investing growth, which is good and bad. It's It might be bad in that it means that the profit margins are lower in the near term, but it's good in that uh, in the future, right? I mean, this just reflects a lot of fat that could be taken off. You know, you could compare this to companies like Walmart or your neighborhood grocery store, which are probably operating very lean, right? So you can't really expect so much margin efficiencies from those more mature companies moving forward, but from a company like maybe a Facebook or a Google, there's still a lot of fat left on the bone, even though they're already generating high profit margins. But I can't really say the same for Microsoft. So you get this weird mismatch where forward revenue growth is probably going to be mid single digits, earnings growth maximum high single digits, double digits for a couple of years but it's trading at 30 times earnings. So definitely I I would think if this hype for AI were to subside and if investors were to start focusing on, you know, maybe comparing Microsoft to more cheaper mega cap alternatives, I mean, the stock could be due for some volatility. So if we flip over to Google, since uh, the chat GPT uh, and Bing is the hype and Google is the one that's the leader you know, what do you think about that? Do you think that Google has a lot of exposure there or if it's around the edges? I, I have an opinion, but you know, I'd like to hear what you think. Is Google really exposed there or is it more of a minor consideration? Do you mean exposed to the threat of chat GPT? To, to or... Bing taking some of their advertising revenue. Got it. So it's definitely a possibility. I, I think search or similar to any like social me- network media thing, it's not necessarily the best product that wins. It could be the most viral product that wins. I think Nicholas Nassim Taleb in his book, uh, Full by Randomness, Randomness, noted how even Microsoft, right? Even uh, when Bill Gates became famous by being very successful in Microsoft Word, you know, all those office suites, those were not necessarily the best products all the time, but they were the most used products and the most popular products. And it was a winner take all scenario. So yes, it's possible that uh, Google right now, they've they're the dominant leader. It's possible, um, you know, if, uh, for example, Bing were to become more and more popular with the newer generations that, you know, that trend could shift. But I think Wall Street's being quite quick to believe this narrative as almost a, cert- almost a certainty. And I think they're underestimating uh, Google's ability to uh, invest. I think they're, for starters, I, it's, not, it's not like more search activity on Bing just in, immediately drives so much more advertising uh business, right? Google is definitely benefiting from the fact that they have this huge network, they have this huge scale 
uh, advertisers are going to be more willing to do more consistent business with them, right? That's, that's just a fact. So I, I think that right now, Wall Street's very bearish on this idea that AI could disrupt search, but they're underestimating the ability for AI to actually benefit Google. Google, I mean, right now, yes, the common public may view Microsoft to be a big leader in AI, but the reality is that it, it might be different, right? I, I think Google... Amazon, Facebook, all three of these companies arguably have actually may probably have been investing heavier in artificial intelligence and Microsoft and open AI up till now. The only difference is that they haven't created this generative AI customer facing chatbot that would give the impression of being in the lead. So I think Google, I mean, they've been using artificial intelligence already, right? Like micro, uh, Facebook in their earnings call, they highlighted that on average, 20% of what their users see on the feed are recommended by artificial intelligence. You know, these are posts from people, uh, creators that the users don't even follow, but the AI just knows that they will like it, right? They, but at the same time, you know, no one's really saying, oh, Facebook is a big AI play. But in regards to Google, I think AI, yes. I mean, if there's a chatbot that might reduce the gross margin on search, but I think investors are missing the point. AI at the same time could reduce other costs, other ways, right? It could um, increase the efficiency or the um, the relevance of the search results. It could reduce the operating expenses related to, I don't know, content management. It's not, a, it's not such a one-sided view that the Wall Street is taking. I think AI is going to benefit all of these companies enormously, not just Microsoft, even though Microsoft seems to be the only stock that is going up due to AI. Amazon and, and Google, I, th I see a lot of disruption company coming um, in the post TikTok world, which I think is about to happen. You know, I think that there's some winners from that too, right? So if Congress actually decides, hey, it'll be popular to pick on China and they get rid of TikTok, you know, who are the winners there? Well, I think YouTube is a clear winner there, right? So they just introduced shorts and then Facebook, you know, Meta is a winner there. And that was a company that when it was 250, 300, whatever the heck it got up to, I told everybody to go back to 100. It was in an article on, on, on Seeking Alpha. And man, again, keyboard trolls, man, I took it right in the head. But then it got down to 100 and I should have loaded up. I should have backed up the truck, right? It did exactly what my charts said it would do. It did, you know, went through the business change that I expected and I didn't buy it. So now Facebook is up whatever it was, 15% the other day on earnings. I think there's one pull, I think there's a pullback coming just because it was too parabolic as well, as you alluded to earlier, they're gonna have to do some spending on on AI. And and Zuckerberg just said that. So tell me about Facebook, Meta, Meta, Facebook. I call it MetaFace sometimes. Are they lining up good for the future? Because I don't know. I, I'm not a Zuckerberg fan. I wish he'd just become chairman and hire somebody likable to be CEO because then I think he could get back into the young market. I don't know. There's something about that dude I don't like. And maybe it's, it's me. Should we be thinking about getting back in there? I think you're probably already in there. Yes. So Meta uh, heading into this print, uh, I, it was my largest position by far. And, and I confess that, you know, after in the Today and yesterday, I, I did sell some Meta to put into Amazon, but Meta remains my number three position. Uh, I remain, I, I realize a lot of investors might be looking at this parabolic move in Meta and thinking, oh, it's time to take profits. It's too expensive. It's 20 time, 29 times earnings. But again, I mean, so 
it had gotten too low. So to kind of view this relative performance and be like, oh, it's overvalued. I mean, you got to understand it was it was too low at 100. So maybe maybe comparing the current price to wherever it got at the lowest is not the best comparison. And I, in my view, Meta definitely represents a very bullish thesis at this point, right? In this past quarter, what we saw was the company... I guess let's let's frame it this way. The company was facing headwinds from both Apple, uh, this idea that uh, due to the privacy changes, they would lose the ability to monetize certain advertisements as much, and then as well as competition from TikTok, right? These are the two most important issues. I mean, again, besides just the tough macro that's affecting everyone, these were the two issues facing Meta. But this recent quarter, and to that regard, the past two quarters even, uh, Meta executed very strongly, right? So here we're seeing user growth return. There was this one quarter, I think it was three quarters ago, where users declined sequentially. Uh, users user growth has returned, right? And revenue revenues grew again this quarter. And operating expenses, even though there was a lot of um, a lot of those restructuring charges in this quarter, operating expense operating margin was you know it declined by a lot less than it has in the past couple quarters. All right, this is a company that it's in spite of the fact that, you know, CEO Zuckerberg is really investing in this metaverse vision, uh, even though they're investing, I think at this point, it's a run rate of, you know, $15 billion annually on the metaverse. That's a lot of money. They're spending that much money on this thing that might not happen for the next 10 years, but they're still making this much money, right? The stock is still trading at 29 times earnings after metaverse investments. And I think there's two things that, you know, investors should uh, keep in mind when thinking about Facebook stock going forward. Uh, the first one is that earnings should go up. Uh, one, I mean, as the macro improves, you know, the revenue growth accelerates. This company is executing against, competing against TikTok. And as you mentioned, uh, maybe TikTok gets banned. That would be extremely bullish for Facebook. I think just a couple quarters ago, I might have been of the view that Snapchat would be the biggest beneficiary of a TikTok ban. I mean, and they might they might still be, but the problem is that I think over the past couple of quarters, amidst this intense competition from TikTok, Meta has taken advantage to take market share from Snapchat as well. And the, there's a big difference between these two companies in that whereas Meta is deeply, deeply profitable and investing heavily, right, in innovation. Snapchat wasn't as profitable. So when TikTok became so strong, Snapchat just was not able to invest enough to stave off that competition. So I think in a TikTok ban, you know, Facebook, they will, you know, there will be a big impact to the top and bottom lines. Although I know I'm not really factoring in a ban, you know, in my bullish thesis for, for Meta. Uh, but besides this, we got to focus on the fact that Meta did lay off 21,000, roughly 21,000 workers. I should preface by saying layoffs. I'm not going to say layoffs are good for society or anything. I, I definitely feel the people who lost their jobs. But just as an investor in Facebook, right, an investor in the Meta stock, the, the reality is that when the company lays off 21,000 people over you know, five months, and I note that five months ago, Meta had like 80,000 headcount. So they laid off 25%. This is a huge company, which is right. already extremely profitable. They laid off 25,000 of their headcounts, you know, just, just like that. And this is, this is not 
something that they had to do, right? So this is not like, oh, when the economy improves, they're just going to hire them all again or whatever. Um, no, it's this company, this even CEO Zuckerberg, which a lot of people seem to dislike, they're showing this focus on profitability that Wall Street has not seen before, okay? Or at least from this company, right? Perhaps maybe, and this has happened a lot around tech, where Wall Street was of the view that these tech companies, they just could not be profitable. These management teams did not care about profits. There was just that prevailing view when in reality, it wasn't really the case. It was just these these management teams wanted to invest in growth. And then now that, you know, the, the tech dark stocks crashed, a lot of these management teams have taken steps to show, oh, actually we could show profits, right? Like here, Meta's laying off 25% of their workforce while still maintaining this growth rate. In other words, as the macro improves, you know, revenue growth comes back and, but their operating expenses don't. That's, that's a big, big um, thing. I and mean, just for an example of how dramatic that yeah. change could be, just look at Uber. Look at the financials of Uber going into the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, right? I, going into the pandemic, everyone thought of Uber as a cash guzzling, you know, they're just losing money on a non-gap basis, which is pretty bad. Now Uber is generating actual cash flow, obviously on a non-gap basis, but it's, it's, it's night and day, right? Uh, Facebook heading into this was highly profitable. What happens after they have 25% less headcount moving forward? It's, it's unusual. I think that as Wall Street is viewing this somewhat hyperbolic rally in tech stocks and meta, yes, there's very likely there, there's always going to be um, pullbacks. That's just a reality of the stock market. That's, that's how it works. However, Wall Street may still be underestimating this impact. The cost rationalization happened across a lot of these tech companies, you know, just even just on a two year, three year time frame, you will, you should start to see these, the positive effect of these layoffs on the bottom line. Pretty astute observation. Again, I'll go back to the Amazon example of when they suddenly put up big profits. You know, we're a year into an earnings recession. I think four out of five investors don't know that. You know, earnings have been coming down for a year. That means that we are less than a year away from the comps looking really good for a lot of companies. And, and, and that could be even sooner. It could be as soon as this autumn. It could be October. But, you know, within a year from now, this earnings season, your comps are going to look pretty good. Because I don't know if we're bottoming out on the earnings right now, if there's maybe one more quarter because of... Uh, you know, the banking tightness, uh, maybe getting a little tighter. You know, we'll see. We're, we're close, though. And that is Kirk Spano, who runs Margin of Safety Investing, the investing group on Seeking Alpha. Just type in Margin of Safety Investing on Seeking Alpha, or just click on the investing groups tab that you can see on the homepage, and you'll see Margin of Safety Investing along with all the other investing groups we have there. Julian Lin, best of breed growth stocks. Julian gets into whether or not the sector is undervalued, what names he likes, how we as investors should be thinking about tech in general and certain names in particular, any of the stocks we discussed today, or perhaps that you think about in the course of our conversation, type the ticker into Seeking Alpha and you will see a whole bunch of analysis as well as all of our compelling news coverage around the stock. Hope you enjoy today's conversation.